Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. God is good. I said, let me hear you say the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's amazing. You're wonderful. English. Oh. I need the anointing. I actually spoke Dutch in the first service, um, in case you missed it. We also had two baby dedications. We will sort of update each other's service on what goes on so you don't miss out. So we dedicated two children, which was wonderful. I love dedications. Children are better in the house of God than anywhere else. <clears throat> you will do worse outside of church. <clears throat> I don't apologize for saying that. It is just a fact. Um, you will do worse outside of church. Be in church every week. Bring your children to church, your teenagers to church. Uh, you will do worse outside of church. It is my mission to make it difficult for people to go to hell. If you're outside of church, you have every chance of going to hell. If you're in church and you hear the name of Jesus, you have every chance of going to heaven. We're that sort of church. Amen. I love you guys. You're amazing. This is definitely the most vibrant, strong, spirit-filled service we've had since 12 o'clock today. I just want to thank uh, Louie and Intalent, they're an amazing couple. Aren't they so good together up here? Even quite cute. It's quite an art form to be that cute together when you're on stage. It means they must be really cute off the stage. Alrighty, guys, you may grab a seat. Could we give the band a hand? So, oh my goodness, I am so excited about this message and this series. We are kicking off today, and uh, I feel like our future is so bright this year. I got to tell you, I, I feel like God is speaking to me right now about how bright this year is going to be for us. We're in a season of momentum. We've grown by about 20% in the last four months or so. I, I just know God is saying to us, watch this space. The service is going to fill up and uh, we'll probably need a third service or another location. And uh, near-term future, uh, Almira is doing so well. The future is bright says the Lord. Amen. Turn with me to, to <laughs> is it 1 Corinthians? Oh, you did 2 Corinthians. Turn with me to two, 1 Corinthians. Stop it. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 6. Just put your finger in there and let me give you a bit of context to what we're about to do. This new series is called Divine Direction, Divine Direction, and uh, we're basing it on this book called Divine Direction, 
and uh, it's written by a pastor called Craig Rochelle. He and his church pioneered the Uversion Bible app, if you have that downloaded on one of your devices, comes from his church, and um, he's written this superb book. I encourage you to buy it. We have, do we have any copies left, Monique? There's some copies left out in the hub you can buy, or you can download it on amazon.co.uk if you want the Kindle version or the audio version, or go to bowl.com if you want the print version or to the hub, but I really encourage you to get this. We're going to be preaching four weeks out of this book. Um, I want you to invite friends because everybody you know wants to know how to make decisions, I guarantee you. Uh, So uh, invite a friend. There's an invite you can give them. Say, come to church. (laughs) It's quite simple. And uh, you'll find in your seat also a little business card and on the back it gives you Directions to a Bible plan, a Bible reading plan for the month, a divine direction Bible reading plan. Have a look at that. Uh, I I would probably want to say this about every series, but this one, don't miss a single message. It builds principle upon principle. So be in church every week. If you've got to work on a Sunday morning, then um, uh, just quit. Uh, No, no, not quit. Get the podcasts. You can get the podcasts from, uh, from the website. Get into your connect group. So I think some of the connect groups are using this book as a study guide. So, um, uh, but if they're not, then uh, join another. Con- no, uh, ju- just get in your connect group. Being together is what, where one of the key places you will get divine direction. I, uh, just to sort of set the scene, researchers have been saying that the current generation find it more difficult to make decisions than previous generations. So as a team, when we were discussing some of the preaching series of this year, we decided we needed to do something on how to make godly decisions um, uh, and how to hear God's voice in the midst of making decisions. But I knew it wouldn't be right just to do a series on hearing God because some of you hear him too much and uh, you need to learn to make some decisions for yourself. If my kids were still coming to me at age 30, asking me to make decisions for them, I'd be concerned. Uh, So uh, this year, our motto is that we'd end the year more mature than we started. So there comes a point where the Father in heaven is shouting down to you, Son, just decide. (laughs) No, no, you show me. Son, just decide. Choose. Make a choice. Now, I'm into hearing God. Let me tell you, um, no problems. But uh, I want to help equip you and empower you to make wise choices um, because this generation is struggling to make decisions for three reasons. First reason, there are too many options. In my, parent, my parents had three TV channels to choose from. By the time it got to my generation, I had five to choose from. Now we have limitless options of what to watch on TV and how many formats it could come in. Limitless. I had about three restaurants in town I could go to. Now you could order food from anywhere in the world on the internet. It might be a little cold by the time it gets to you if you order it from Sydney, but you got access to every restaurant in the world now. Too many options. The second reason is we're over-programmed. What does that mean? What do you do when you're bored? You pick up your device. Stop playing with the app that you last played with. No decision to make, no creativity to develop. 
What did my mum tell me when I was growing up, when I got bored? Steve, go out to play. <laughs> and uh, so I had to go out and go, what do I do now? I had to get creative. I had to make a decision. I had to go and find some friends. I had to do something that resulted in making a decision. Our generation don't have that challenge placed to them, unless you're the sort of parent who says, Benjamin, go outside <laughs> and play. <clears throat> Third reason is something they're calling um, the illusion of perfection. When I was growing up, sorry about this, guys. I'm not talking about the good old days. I, I honestly, honestly believe these are the good days. But um, <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, I knew my world was not perfect. I knew my friend's world was not perfect. I knew they were not perfect. Uh, but now the problem we've got in, in, through social media is uh, it looks like my friends are perfect. It looks like my friend's world is perfect. It looks like the world is perfect. And so now I'm comparing their external life, their external perfect life, to my internal imperfect life, and I conclude my life sucks. And it's a, it's a challenge we live with by comparing with the illusion of perfection. Now, I know, you're, I know really you know your friends are not perfect, but you don't have that conscious thought when you're looking at social media. And so we then talk in church about the perfect will of God. And now the pressure's really on because you've been conditioned to, to want this perfect life that is unattainable, and now you're wanting to strive for the perfect will of God, and now you believe that's unattainable, so you're afraid to make a decision in case you're out of the perfect will of God, so you make no decision. And the worst decision you can ever make is to make no decision. So I want to help you make decisions, take the fear of decision-making, but do it wisely to make it, uh, to, to, to um, be smart about it and biblical about it. Because the decisions we make today determine the stories of our future. The decisions we make today determine the stories of our future. And so um, I, I've called this message uh, Wisdom to Discern. You could call it Wisdom to Decide, Wisdom to Decide, or Wisdom to Discern. And uh, we're going to read 1 Corinthians 16, verse 6, because I want to break a few myths here that God really turns up and shows us a crystal clear path. He more often gives us wisdom to make the decisions ourselves. And so here we have an instance where Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and he's planning a visit to the church in Corinth. And there are no angels shouting out to him saying, Paul, go this way. He has no dream in the night that makes it clear to him. He occasionally does. He, we all read about it where he has a dream and is feeling called to Macedonia. But it's very rare that Paul's ever led that way. This is more normal. It says here in verse 6, Perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me there. And there are many who oppose me. Let me just highlight some words here. Perhaps. Wherever. 
I hope. If. Doesn't sound very certain, does it? This will end a lot better than it's starting, by the way, guys. You will go out feeling a lot more certain. But I want to emphasize the point that you don't always have to be certain to start taking steps that point you in the right direction. Paul just kept the wheels moving and found himself walking the course or the track that God wanted for him anyway, even though there were a few perhapses or the wherevers or the I hope so or the if the Lord permits. And he says, and I know there will be people who oppose me. What is one of the most common things that you find that people use as a a form of direction? It's called circumstance. Well, it was all lining up. It seemed all so easy. It must have been God. I bumped into the guy, and he liked me instantly, invited me down to the bar, and so it must have been God because otherwise uh, it wouldn't have been this easy. He offered me drinks. He must be the one for me. And because it's all so easy, we don't stop to think about the fact you were the fifth person he had tried that night. You don't stop to think, what is this guy like? What's his character like? Does he go to church? Is there anything about him that is credible for my future? But because the circumstances lined up, it was all so easy. We think it must be God. Bad choice to use circumstances. When you're walking in God's will, you will find as many, if not more many moments where God is leading him in a course that has many obstacles in it as he will smooth paths. Don't use circumstances as a sign from God that something is right. You will almost certainly end up in a wrong relationship, a wrong decision, or, or, or whatever. And, uh, and don't be gullible into making, uh, going for something that seems so easy. Just Father Steve talking to you right now. God is not our magic crystal ball into the future. He often doesn't guide us into the distant future, but rather the next step. And I don't doubt this room is full of ambitious people. I'm ambitious. But I'd be lying to you if I was to say in all of my ambition, I have a crystal ball on where I'll be and where our churches will be in the next 20 years. I don't know. I have many wishes and many desires. But God has not allowed me to know. I would probably freak if I did know. (laughs) But what he does allow me to know is a few of the next steps I need to take and together we need to take. That is more normal. Often God does not show us what to do, but he does give us the wisdom to decide. Right? Let's take Solomon as an example. Solomon, one of the wealthiest people of the time, king of Israel, one of the more famous kings of Israel that we know, the son of David, another famous king. And Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. So we know Solomon has some wisdom to share because Proverbs is the book of wisdom. I encourage you to read Proverbs. Read through Proverbs at least once a year because it is full of great wisdom. And uh, and early in his kingship, he came to church one day with a thousand bulls. I don't know how many you brought today, but uh, he brought a, a cattle of a thousand to church to sacrifice as part of his worship. Don't tell me that generosity doesn't get noticed by God. Because God said to him when he saw that, he said, Solomon, I am impressed. Solomon, I will give you anything you ask. God gets impressed with some of the decisions we make. We can impress him with how we live and the decisions we make. 
So God says, you can have anything you ask for. Solomon goes, God, you know, if, if that's the case, I, that is so tempting. I, <clears throat> wow, anything. You, you, <clears throat> did you say anything, Lord? He's starting to add up all the things he could begin to ask God for. And he's, Can I just, just double check that? You said anything, right? Well, God, if there's anything I could ask for, as Solomon, king of Israel, do you know what I need? I need, my career. I need, I need wealth, Lord. I need wealth. If I'm going to lead Israel where it needs to go, if I'm going to handle my responsibilities as I need to, I need wisdom. Would you give me wisdom? God goes, bang, high five. Good choice, Solomon. I am now really impressed. If you're going to ask for wisdom which was the best thing you could ask for, I will now make sure you get everything else. And so Solomon becomes one of the wealthiest people around and one of the most well-respected uh, kings of the time. Queen, she Queen of Sheba visits him. She's wealthy and she's really impressed. She makes a comment. She says, this king is very, very wise and very, very wealthy. What are you going to ask for when God says to you, what can I do for you? Why don't we ask for wisdom? And as I pray for you later on in the service, I'm going to ask God to help us be wise this year. Proverbs 4, 7 says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Develop wisdom. I'm going to give you three things that will help you make wise choices for the direction of your future. If you're making notes, write this down. <clears throat> if you're not making notes, write these three things down. Three things to be wise about the direction you take in life. First thing is walk. Say to someone, walk. Please don't take them literally. I'll have no one left to preach to. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and you'll be wise. Walk with fools and it won't end well. It is pretty much true that usually when you get into trouble, it's because of the group you're in. Most people don't get in trouble on their own. They get in trouble with other people. When I was a little younger, just a couple of years ago, I was studying in a, in a university, and I, uh, I broke into a car. <clears throat> I was pretty good at it. Broke into a car in those days... It was a lot easier to break into cars than now. I broke into a car and, uh, and we got the jack, the, um, you know, the thing that you push the car up with and, the, and then the thing that you undo the wheel with. And so I took the back wheel off one of the cars, uh, the, the, one, of the car, one of the back wheels off the car and, uh, and, and took it away with us. The emphasis being on us. <clears throat> the point was... I would never have done that alone. I wasn't like that. I, I did it with a group of others. In fact, technically speaking, it was actually their fault and not my fault. We did know the owner of the car and the wheel did appear in their living room. Later that day, it was a prank and they were not very happy. It did backfire. But the point is this, we usually get into trouble 
with the group we're part of. What is Solomon saying here in the Proverbs? He's saying, walk with the wise, you'll become wise, hang with fools, and you'll get into harm. One of the things I see so regularly as a pastor is uh, the condition people's lives gets into. And I'll I'll hear people say things like, um, I'm just so filled with doubt, I don't know where my faith has gone. And I go, well, who are you hanging with? Uh, What's the circle around you? Is it the doubt crowd or is it the faith crowd? I'll talk to people who are trying to break a habit, maybe a drug habit, and I'm going, well, who's the crowd you're hanging with? If you're still hanging with the old crowd, then this is not going to end well. And there's really nothing I can help you with because I cannot control the influence. I'm, not, I'm your pastor, usually for most of you, from a distance. I can't go to work with you and go to the cafe with you, and I can't do that. It's your life and your friends, the ones you choose, will determine your direction. Show me your friends and I'll show you your direction. Will you choose wisely who you have in your world? Are you desiring enough to be set free and transformed that you will change your friends? Well, pastor, that sounds so harsh. You mean get rid of the friends. If your friends are fools, get rid of your friends. And find some wise ones. Well, that's not very nice, calling my friends fools. Now, I'm not calling them fools. You need to make that determination yourself. But don't be blind to what's right there in front of you. If they are fools, say it as it is. Not to them. Because you count. And your life matters. Your future matters. Don't be so soft that... And and people-pleasing that you want to stay with the old crowd and, and come to harm yourself. That's not what I want for you. It's not what God wants for you. Ditch the old crowd. Now, if you're one of the friends giving advice and you're the one talking to someone struggling to get out of an alcoholic addiction and you're saying, do you know what? You should hang with that crowd because you could be such a witness in that crowd. Stop it. You're being a bad friend. If you're that person who's saying, do you know what, everything seems to line up. You mean you just bumped into him and he invited you to the bar and must be God. Stop it. You're being a really bad friend. I love you guys. That's why I'm talking like this. Be prepared to be the friend who annoys people from time to time for the sake of loving them into their future. You've got to get some good, wise, annoying friends around you if you want your future to go well. You, you just got to get yourself into the wise crowd. Why do I keep saying, get into church every week? Why wouldn't you be in church every single week? Is there a crowd that you could pick that's wiser than this crowd? Is there a place you could pick that's wiser than this place? So why would you be there? Oh, it was my family's birthday party. I don't care. Are they wiser than us? No, they're not. Go and see them on a Sunday afternoon or at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half. You can work that out yourself. Oh, I want to be in ministry. So why aren't you doing C3 colleges or internship? I mean, if you've got an ambition for ministry, why wouldn't you do it? Like when I was younger, I was hungry for a certain number of things. I was hungry for ministry. It was like... I want to do that. I did everything. I reshaped my entire life. I traveled the other end of the country to do an internship. Why? I knew that my context mattered. 
I knew I was never going to make a success of my life if I kept hanging with the old crowd. I had to get myself out of my old location. Uh, <coughs> I'm not used to not being interrupted. <coughs> it's quite hard to keep your sentences rolling this quick. Pray for me. <coughs> I knew I had to get into an environment that would accelerate me into our future. And I was prepared to do anything for it. But we sit back going, I've got, got, I, I, I got a desire for ministry. And we talk about C3 College and internship. And you go, oh, I don't know. No. What, are, what are you waiting for? I'm like, we're presenting it to you. Oh, I'm filled with doubt. And yet you're in church once a month. I'm going, duh, we're giving you for nearly free, except for your tithes and your offerings. We're giving you free the opportunity to be every week in a faith environment. And you're not taking it. Get with the wise crowd and you'll have wisdom. I had a, a physics lecturer at university who was not just a great believer. He, was, he loved the Bible. And so I decided, and after that story earlier, you can tell I needed it. I decided to um, spend some time with him and just fire questions at him and learn all I could in those three years. And I gained a love for the Bible from him. I knew I needed to get around someone. And I've done that ever since. Lisby and I, I would say that if there's any success in our family, it's because we've hung around with families that are good for us. If there's any success in our ministry, it's because we've hung around with other people who, who are further on from us, or, or if not further on, they're just healthy for us. If there's any success in our financial world, it's because I've got around people who are good at investing or that sort of thing, and I've, I've just made sure that our world is surrounded with the right people. Hang with the wise and you'll become wise. Hang with fools and you will suffer harm. The second thing that you can do to make sure you're heading in a wise direction and that is to ask. Turn to someone and say, ask. Ask what? Ask God for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and, will be, and it will be given to you. If you ask for wisdom... He will give it to you because he knows what's best for you. Believe it or not, kids, your parents know something. They have a little life experience they could share with you. Parents, have courage. You know something a little more than your kids. You can share with them. You know, it, and, and young kids know that, right? Young kids know that their parents know everything. And then... The kids grow up a little bit and then they think their parents know nothing. And then their kids grow up a little more and they become like your kids. Like, they become like you. That's a shocking realization if you've ever got to that stage where, where, where you looked in the mirror and heard this tone of your voice and went, oh my goodness, I am my dad. <clears throat> Trust us, kids. We know a little thing or two. But I don't shove wisdom down my kid's throat every day. I don't give them uh, direction and, and information. But if they come to me, of course, I'm going to share everything I feel might be good for them. I'm going to open wisdom to them. It's the same with God. If you come to him and you ask of him, he will share wisdom with you. As you open the Bible and you go, God, show me something, he will speak to you. If you come to Connect Group and you say to someone, hey, just thinking this through, what do you think? They will share their wisdom with you. If you, if you fall in a hole and pull yourself back out again and then uh, a few days or months or years later you come back to a similar hole, 
you're not going to fall in it, are you? Are you? No. Because you've learned something. You've gained some wisdom. How many of you have ever said, if only I knew then what I know now? If I knew then what I know now, I would have done it differently. That's wisdom. Ask God. To ask God, you need to know God. I urge you, pray every day. Read your Bible every day. But not just do it, but with a desire in it. God, show me. Give me wisdom. Not just speak to me. Show me what to do. That's like, that's, that's good. I do that. I do that. But it's like, what would be even more mature is to go, God, give me wisdom. Because I know I'm going to face things today where I, I shouldn't be going, God, show me what to do. Should I buy them coffee or should I not buy them coffee? God, what do you think? Just ask for wisdom so you instinctively know through the day, of course, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Ask for wisdom. It's a more mature thing to be asking for. Ask. Everyone say, ask. And finally, he says, uh, uh, the final point is, decide. Thanks, Louis. That was awesome. I just couldn't figure how to speak in... Uh, finally, decide. We're full circle, right back to where I began. But how can I decide? I'm part of the generation that doesn't know how to decide. You told me that. No, no. I want to help you have courage to make choices. Don't be afraid. You can decide. Anybody ever watched um, Karate Kid? So this is for anybody who hasn't. Uh, a young man chooses a karate uh, coach and... Um, and the whole movie is about not just teaching karate, but the sort of philosophies of life behind it. And, uh, and so one day, the, Daniel is, is um, polishing the car, waxing on, waxing off. Probably one of the more famous scenes in the movie. And, uh, and his coach comes up to him. And, and uh, I, I, by the way, at this point, Daniel is, is unsure whether to continue with karate or not. He's trying to make a decision and can't make a decision. Should I go forward or not? And, and this, is, uh, this is the coach's advice. He goes, Daniel, walk on road. Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, you squish like a grape. What is he trying to say? <laughs> Daniel, just make a decision. Do karate or don't do it. For as long as you stay undecided, you're going to get squished in your next fight. No decision is a bad decision. If you're facing an exam, you're writing an exam paper. Oh, is that the answer? Is that not the answer? Is that the answer? I won't write anything. Bad decision. Write something, you've got a 50-50 chance of getting some points. No decision is always a bad decision. Make a decision. Oh, but what if I make the wrong decision? Let me help you, young guys and young girls. <laughs> what if I make a wrong decision? Awesome. You've just learned some wisdom. How do you grow in wisdom? Walk with the wise. Ask God for wisdom and learn from your mistakes. I come across the same hole. Woo, I walk around it this time. Wisdom. Every mistake fuels your life. 
to do life even better. Some mistakes are, are like, you'd almost look back and go, I'm glad I made that mistake because without that, I wouldn't be the person I am today. There are some crises that Lisby and I have faced and I go, during it, I would have gone, God, deliver us, please. After I'm going, I'm thank you for letting us go through that because I'm a bigger person because of it. If you make a mistake, more wisdom. You've got what it takes. Take the courage. Make a choice. Make a decision. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 1, just to give you a window onto Paul's life again, because Paul had the same problem as you and I in making decisions. It says, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best. Let me say that again. We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We thought it best. What did Paul do? Got around wise people. He asked God for wisdom. He learned from his mistakes. And so he knew he was able to do what he thought was best. He made a decision. Angels didn't turn up with violins, singing choirs of prophetic words. No dreams in the night. Just he thought this seemed best. When Lisby and I moved to, the, even take you further back, when, when I began pastoring, uh, I took a 33%, 33.33%. I took a third pay cut. Um, my career was doing really well. And uh, I took a pay cut. Did God come to us in the night and go, Steve, you know, I want you to be poor? So I wake up going, all right, I'll choose the, I'll choose pastoring. No. Did God turn up in the night and go, dream, here it is. Woo. Plant thousands of churches all over the year. All over the year. None of that, none of that. It just seemed like the next natural step. I haven't got time to tell the context, but we've just been growing in church, serving in church, doing church life together and taking our next step serving, then beginning to lead, and then leading leaders, and then and, and assisting on staff. It just was the next. It just seemed right to us. You mean you stepped out and took a third pay cut on it just seemed right? Yeah. That's what we did. And we moved to the Netherlands on the same next step principle. You mean you moved your family all the way to the Netherlands, and God didn't sing with choirs of angels? and, and No. I sort of wish he did. We got wise people around us. It just was the next step. See, God loves you so much. If you just keep in taking steps with him, he will guide your path. He will just guide your path. He's not going to let you fall in a ditch. He's going to, like a baby starting to walk. You sort of let them go. And as they begin to fall, you catch them, put them up. You're not going to let them fall into a ditch you keep taking your steps. As I bring this to close, I hope I'm giving you some confidence here. God may not show you exactly what to do, but he will give you wisdom to know how to decide. Dare to decide. And before you decide on who to marry, walk into Burger King and make your order within five seconds. Practice your decision-making on a burger before you try it on a future spouse. I took a young guy into Burger King one day as I was teaching this at our, in our C3 college, and uh, I've been teaching on decision-making, 
I said, there are very few wrong decisions, so just make a decision. We walked in the door of Burger King, and I shouted out to the woman behind the desk, I want that. I didn't even know what that was. It was too far away to read. <laughs> I want that. I pretty much had my order on the desk before I even got there. He's like, what did he just do? I'm like, See, here's my principle. Whatever I order, I still want what you ordered. So it doesn't really matter what I order, really. I like food. It's all pretty good. If you're here today and you want some wisdom, why don't you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. It's fantastic. Father, I thank you that in this environment of the community of church and community of faith, we can find courage to make choices. Thank you that when we ask for wisdom, you tell us you will give it to us. And so I ask now on behalf of all of us, give us wisdom this year. Help us to make wise choices, to be wise people. Help us to mature and grow. And I know as we do that, you're going to guide our steps, cause us to prosper. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Just while every eye is closed, can we just keep our eyes closed for a minute as we come to an end? Some of you here, you've been hesitating to make a really crucial decision in your life. You've put it off and put it off. You've been in services like this before and you've heard maybe even me say what I'm about to say, but you've still not made that decision and it's a decision to follow Jesus. If you're sitting here today and you've not made that decision to follow Jesus, I urge you today to make that choice, to not leave this place indecisive anymore. Or if you've made that decision before and you've been away from God and you know you need to come back to Him, don't put it off anymore. Why would you put it off anymore when in such a good place as this, in the presence of such a great God, you have such an easy opportunity. Or if you're just not sure you're going to heaven, make a decision today to make Jesus center of your life. And I, I can assure you, you'll be on your way to heaven. So if that's you, could you just raise your hand for me and say, that's me. I, I'm making that decision today. Making a decision to ask Jesus into my life. I'm coming back to him. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. That's me. I'm not going to put it off anymore. I decide. I choose. Thank you. Who else is there? Maybe your heart is pounding. Maybe right now you're going, should I, should I not? Yeah, you should. It's the wise thing to do. Thank you. Who else is there? Bless you, Jesus. Move people's hearts. Right now. I'm praying for you. If that's you, I'm praying right now that you would be brave enough to make the choice. Speak to people, Lord. Beautiful. 
Maybe you're there, young. Maybe you're a child here. Never even thought about this. Maybe you think you're too young or you've got your whole future ahead of you. This is for you too. You can make this your choice. Ask Jesus into your heart. You won't regret it for the rest of your life. Maybe there's a child here sitting here and you know you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I'm talking to you as well. Why don't you just put your hand up, put it back down. I will have seen it. Your dad or your mum may not have, but that's okay. All right? This is me and you. And then you can tell them later. Beautiful. Okay, can we all pray this prayer? Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to. That's cool. Most important thing is right now, as everyone prays this prayer, you pray it to. You get involved too. Make this yours. So let's say this together, everyone. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. Today, I decide to follow you. Forgive me of my past. I give you my heart. Live in me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change my life. I want to follow you the rest of my days. That's my choice. I have decided. I thank you that you saved me. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone who raised their hand just now. Anyone who prayed that prayer. Anyone who is wanting you to be in their world today. I pray you pour out your presence on them. Pour your spirit into their world. Bless them today. Help them to know they're in a family of faith that's going to help them grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, why don't we put our hands together for these people right now. That's awesome. Beautiful. Wonderful. Wisdom. Don't miss next Sunday. Trust the process. So pumped about the message already. Trust the process of how God leads. Grab the book. Invite a friend. Get onto the Bible plan. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to sing right now. Let's worship Jesus. Be grateful for all He's done for us. Amen. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.